0: Me in the trail, it's going down, leave me in the mall, It's going down,
1: leave me in the club, it's going down. Anywhere you me Alright, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing spin of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Doseckies. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. All right. Eight seven seven three seven grind. Um all right, as we welcome in the score here in Lubbock, we haven't really, haven't really missed anything. We've been talking about the draft lottery. Uh, you know, we haven't had this much care or anticipation about the draft lottery. Uh, in a while. I don't even think we had it in 97. Cause, cause honestly, as I can remember, born and raised in this city, lived here for I'm 46 years old. It was kind of one of those, cause that was a lucky Bob Bass tie. I mean, that was one of those that Boston was supposed to be getting Timmy. So this particular draft, there's a, there's a different feel to it. And it almost brings it back a little bit to the David Robinson time. But before we go into game one, I want to talk about game one, but I want to respond to some, uh, some Twitter action that we've got here. Uh, Jazz is checking in, and and usually I agree with, with Jazz's basketball takes about her Spurs. Um, because like I said, she might be up there and, and have to run for cover if they do get them in Portland, or you she's gonna be crying tonight if Portland does have that small percentage and they get them. But she's like, Hell no, Trey Jones over Kelden, never. I don't even want. Trey Jones now. Trey is the same talent as Corey Joseph. Media, uh, kind of mediocrity. media you know, whatever. Yeah, mediocre. Mediocre. Yeah. Mediocrity. I just couldn't see him. Eyes. I need bad. I need glasses. I can see what that was. Anyway, no, Jack. What are you? What are y'all talking about, man? Like, first of all, this is the reason why I say this, okay? And I'm not saying that I want Keldon off this team. If, if there is no COVID, okay, we don't have COVID that year and March Madness is not canceled. Trey's not even there available for the Spurs to take him where they took him. He would have been a top 10 pick. Let's get that straight. I believe he can run the offense and I believe that he has a little bit of that dog in him. He just, he's not a guy that you're going to build a franchise around. To win a championship I'm not saying Trey's that guy the reason why I say Trey over Keldon because Jazz Vassell has passed Keldon up and he's done it in a short time now I'm not telling you Keldon's played with the he scrimmaged with the Olympic team he's done this Keldon it like and when I say pass up go look at Vassell's shot coming out of college compared to what it is now when you go look at Keldon he's made some he's still inconsistent he can't shoot the three with consistency. He can't sit there and shoot the mid-range consistency. And he and I gave him credit for coming in this season for being a professional. Finally, taking care of his body, losing some weight, losing the baby fat. He's no Corey Joseph, man. Stop it. The guy went to Duke. He would have. I mean, if like I said, if March Madness is not canceled because of COVID, from the stuff that blew over from Wuhan, if it ain't for that. He's not even there. With where did the Spurs pick him, Jonas? Like what? Twenty? Where was he at that
2: year? Kelvin was twenty nine. No, I'm talking about Trey.
1: Oh, Trey, second round. Come on, man. If if it's March Madness, he's a top ten pick. It's just out of sight, out of mind. We were going to that at Duke hit. Like I watch a lot of college basketball. His, first of all, his brother was in the league. His brother won a national championship with Duke. He's has that pedigree. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying he's the guy that we need to build around. I'm, and I'm not saying I want Kelvin gone. But if I, the only ones I feel, I me personally, my opinion that I want to stay on the team with whoever they're taking between one and three tonight is Sohan sell and Trey. That doesn't mean I don't want Keldon. And, and, you know, Jonas brought a good part and we can a good point. We can move on. Well, I guess the jazz of the world and whoever's co-signing for Jazz's tweet. I guess you damn sure don't want them to draft scoot then. I mean, because at the end of the day, well, Scoot, well, for me, I mean, Trey would be probably on the trading block, or he's not getting any play when you got scooped, but no, man. And, and Look, Keldon is a good player, but Keldon is still steps he needs to take. Vassell has passed him up. Vassell, Vassell is the alpha dog on this team right now. DeJounte was there. He's not here anymore. Vassell is the dog on this team right now. Okay. I love Keldon, but he needs to take a little more time in the gym on that jump shot instead of stalking Mariah Carey. That's what Keldon need to do. And I like Keldon. You said Corey Joseph. Come on, Jazz. Come on, man. Stop it. 877-37-GRIND. All right. Moving on to the teams that are really far away from the lottery. That's in action tonight, the Denver Nuggets and the Lakers. Well, the Lakers weren't that far from the lottery. Hell, they had to play a damn playing game. They weren't going to get their pick anyway. Because I guarantee if they were going to get that pick, they would have folded 10. I think they would have. Jenny would have said, Hey, LeBron, look, man, I let you and Mavic Carter come through here, run muck. This was on me. Sit out. We're trying to get in the seat. But they didn't own the pick. They were almost there. But the Nuggets, look at this team. They were built through picks and the draft. They're going to be hosting the Lakers coming into the Mile High City for game one tonight in the Western Conference Finals. Um, The keys to victory with this. First of all, I think from the Lakers standpoint, if you're a Laker backer or a Laker fan, you have to look at where outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis is consistent scoring going to come from. Now, and that, and I think that's key because I because Denver, the difference between Denver and this year's Golden State team, Denver's going to have more ways to score against LA's good defense and more scoring options on the floor than Golden State did, especially with the play of, um, you know. Wiggins was kind of on there, but especially of the play of Jordan Poole. He was a no-show and the struggles of Clay. This is not going to be this Nuggets team. The other thing the Lakers have to understand is they're going to be playing out of all the opponents they played to get here, from the play-in game to uh, the Golden State Warriors um, to the first round uh, that they played. You have to understand that this is one of those situations to where – They're playing probably the most hungriest team to get a championship that they would face. I'm not saying the Warriors weren't hungry, but their belly's full. Denver and Mike Malone have been set out for one mission this season is to shut up all the naysayers. The people that didn't give them credit enough, like myself, I'm in that category. They're wanting to – they're on a mission to shut up people like myself. They're like, "Ah, yeah, let's see if they can do it in the playoffs. They don't have a third guy. That's what the Lakers are dealing with. Denver's got home court advantage. Now, there's a lot of L.A. fans in Denver. I mean, that's the one thing about the Lakers. When they get to this point in the Western Conference Finals – and they've had it before. I remember a few years ago, Mike Malone had to rip their own fan base and rip the fact that they let the Lakers come in and take over. I mean, he, you know, he never bites his lip on anything he wants to say. But the reality is, there's going to be some Laker fans in that crowd tonight. But I feel that this is one of those for the Lakers. You're going to find out who's going to be the consistent scorer. And I then don't tell me Rees because I don't think it's going to be him. And I ain't hating on Rees, but I just don't think you know that he. When you when you're talking about, are you going to be able to count him? Count him? I don't know about that. And really, when I look at it, who's important to me that the Lakers have to be very consistent on the offensive side this series, outside of Anthony Davis, LeBron, and that's D'Angelo. Okay, he's got to he's got to really bring it offensively because they're going to need it. Because Denver has their bench, they're deep as hell, they're deeper than the Lakers, and everybody they're bringing off the bench can score. Now, I am going to be watching Michael Porter Jr. very closely in this game because he's going to be playing against a very well coached defensive team that has some size. And I want to see when things get a little hairy, things get hard. Does he sit there and does he run or does he fight through it? Because that's what they pay him this money for. He needs to be that third rider next to Murray and Joker. Now, in the obvious matchup that everybody's going to want to see. And that is Joker versus Anthony Davis. I think the difference for Anthony Davis and he'll have the defense, he can still protect the rim. The difference between this series and last series, Joker, Golden State really had nobody that could really consistently put the pressure and put him in foul trouble. Joker is that guy. He's going to get the calls. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to shake and bake. You're going to get some fouls. So to me, that is a marquee matchup that's obvious that everybody's waiting to see. And I think on the other end as well, too, Anthony Davis. Okay, I don't think for the dismissal or the disappearance of Aiden. Oh, my ribs are No, I'm not playing. I don't like you anyway, Monty. You're going to be out here soon anyway. You just wait. DeAndre Aiden wasn't really getting Anthony Davis in any foul trouble. They didn't really have, unless Anthony was picking up stupid fouls, you know, maybe Draymond Green, there was no pressure from in the center position to put pressure on Anthony Davis really consistently on the other end to get him in foul trouble. I think Joker can do that as well. So that's a very intriguing matchup. And again, it's just going to come down to whose role players play better on the road through the course of a four out of seven series. So with all that said, okay, they've gotten to this point. They've proven to me up to this point. It's not done yet that they're hungry, that they they have the proper fear that this is the playoffs It's different than the regular season. They are laser focused. They have a coach that's laser focused. And then they have a team and an organization that is hungry and starving for an NBA championship. I'm talking about a doer for Alex English, George Carl Mello that I mean, they've got a basketball fan base that's dying to get that first title. Now, with that said, the other reason that I think is key where I'm leaning toward the Nuggets is their battle. They've been through some scars. You know me. I'm all about have you had your heart broken? How long have you been knocking on that door? this nucleus has denver has and so therefore the last time i check i think series price is the nuggets minus 165 for the series 160 in some places it's going to be a physical series. I think it's going to be a good series, but I'm going to go with the team that's got the home court advantage and just really is the better team that's been wired to wire pretty much all season. The only team that really tested them, catching them, was the Sacramento Kings, and that's because they got hotter than fish grease after the All-Star break. But I, I think it's the Nuggets. I really do. I, I think it's that. I mean, I don't know what the finals, if this is really what they do, get it done. I'd have to see who comes out of that end. But if you look at the final four teams left, the crazy thing about it, if I'm not mistaken, this is the final four teams we had in the bubble and the COVID. If I'm, my memory serves me correctly, am I right on that? Uh, yeah. Okay. And look at that. Ain't that? That's a, That could be a bad sign. I mean, what else we got brewing over there? Okay. I hope nothing else is coming. We want to forget that whole situation in twenty twenty. But if you look at the final four teams that are left on paper, if you take coach, paper, best player. I think out of the final four teams, it's the Nuggets. It's like they're titled to, to, to probably lose. If I have to ask you, who's the best player out of the final four left? What do you think most people are going to say? Unless you're just straight up hating, you're going to say Joker. I'm going to end on this. One thing the Lakers can't do, they cannot allow Joker to be killing them on the points in the paint and playing Magic Johnson at the same time with the assist. They can't have that. They'll have no shot to beat Denver. They won't. And I think what Denver has also been prepared for is the type of defense that the Lakers play in-your-face pressure defense. Denver has been a great ball-moving team all year. You move the ball, you can kind of beat that type of defense. And the one thing they're not going to do, what Golden State did, is have self-inflicted wounds and turnovers like they did. So, with all that said, I'm going to take the Nuggets. First of all, I think this whole course of these picking, I think the only ones I've got, I got Philly wrong. I got Golden State wrong against L.A. And I got the um, Knicks wrong. And I got the Bucks wrong. Right? So, overall, what does that make me in the uh, series picks? Like about four total losses or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Well... I'm gonna go with the Nuggets on this one. I'm gonna go with the Nuggets. It should be a good series, though. It really should. And I think the winner out of this—I don't know who I'm picking in Boston or Miami yet. I'll let you know that tomorrow. But I do feel the winner out of this series is gonna probably win the finals. Maybe I change my mind on that, depending on how Boston or Miami looks this particular series. But that's it. Because the way I look at it, it's—it's it's gonna be—it could be a rematch somehow, some way, since we got the final four teams. Left, but it should be exciting. But those are the keys that I think to victory on both sides. Um, it should be a heck of a series. Who do you, who are you rolling with, Jonah? Who do you got?
2: Part of me doesn't want to count out the Lakers. I, I do. I do believe Joker is the better player. Um, they're the best player in this in this game. But I feel like LeBron's insight is really what got them through the Warriors um and his hmm. his ability to not only go out there and continue his greatness um but to coach the guys around him and orchestrate around the floor hmm. uh, in through that matchup um so there's a <laughs> I, I i hesitate to go with the lakers um because it it really does come down to just role players um but you know what, Cal? I think I'm gonna. I'm talking myself into it. I, I think, I think I'm go gonna. I LA. think I'm gonna go with L. A. Yeah. Um. And, and really, I think it's just because they have more, uh, more bench players or more role players that can get hot. Uh, Rui Hachimura is still another one that I think they we're could, he's gonna in have this to this series. He's gonna
1: have to be a, have a good series. That's a good. That's a good eye. You I know. Agree with that. So
2: so I feel like he's gonna be more consistent than even Porter Jr. Um I feel like LeBron again he can get his team focused. It's just that that home home advantage for Denver is really I feel what makes this a turning point in this series is cuz if it does it just I mean just like always but if it does go 7 that's going to be a tough one. But I'm going to go I'm gonna go with L.A. Well, yeah, let's go with L.A. And uh, they're going to do it in six again.
1: At six. Okay. Well, you know, L.A., I will tell you, if there's going to be a game they're going to take in Denver, tonight would be the game. Because I feel like, you know, Denver's been off. They got rid of their series a little bit quicker. There's some rust in that. Possibly Lakers came through a fight. And, look, they took game one in the last series against Golden State. And I think they are really coming in. If they're gonna take one, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they take one tonight, but I'm gonna roll uh with the Nuggets on this. When it was crazy, I say that out of the final four teams left, Joker's the best player, but to be honest with you, out of the final four teams left, Lakers got the best one two punch in Anthony Davis and LeBron. So go figure that. You when listen, healthy. When healthy and when A D wants to play. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky online studios. We'll be back. Mama told me a sell word. Mama seventeen five saint color t shirt white. Mama told me a Not the sell word. Mama seventeen five same All right back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey. Jonas Clark, producer, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillman Whiskey. All right, keep in mind, Pillman Whiskey is an oak barrel whiskey that's basically distilled. All right. In Canada, using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring water added straight from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak, Penland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. And don't forget, Penland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association. And it's official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, the Pro Velocity Tour. And it is official whiskey of the Sports Grind and official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so those are my keys to that. Like I said, going to the break, it's crazy because I do believe Joker's the best player right now playing left. You know, that's considering LeBron's in his 20th season. No disrespect to him. But I also think the Lakers probably have the best one-two punch when healthy and when when AD wants to play, that's left in the final four. So I'll go ahead. We'll pick the Eastern Conference and break that down tomorrow, um, and we'll move on from that. One thing that I did want to – Mentioned that's kind of NBA related uh, that came across my radar before we start talking uh, football and stuff is that Becky Hammond had a message to the NBA um, and she revealed that pretty much a day before she heard back in the Vegas Knights heard back from. The commission and League office of the WNBA Which first let's start about message And I've heard her you know Because the one she had one that said a couple weeks ago Like I'm not going to take time out from these girls To go talk and play with those boys And then yesterday She was saying that hey you know paraphrasing Like I'm not going to beg anymore For an NBA job Or get. because remember she was rumored To kind of go ahead Toronto to interview With the Toronto job All right, now this comes on a little bit prior to the day that we found out that the WNBA is going to suspend Becky Ham in two games. Vegas Aces are going to lose their first round 2025 lottery pick over the investigation of Derice Hamby. I believe is how you say it. I hope it'll probably butcher her name. In- um, Derica Dar- Hamby. Okay, I'm sorry. It was Derice Ham. Derica Hamby investigation um okay I I haven't dived all the way in this but I think this and I've heard about this a few months ago but she's a former Vegas ace player that was let go or whatever and I know there were some things that were going on behind the scenes in regards to something with her maternity leave and she had she got pregnant and from what I've heard or what I've known too much up to this point is that the way she was handled uh the way that she was talked to or made fail you know how they made her feel from an organizational standpoint from the vegas aces and becky hammond that she ended up basically um i think suing them or or basically going to some type of arbitration where this these details of these conversations had to be revealed and then after probably weeks of investigation or whatever the league office found uh, from Vegas Aces uh, and Becky Hammond warrant Becky to get a two-game suspension and get ripped their first-round uh, draft pick. Also, I'm hearing there was certain type of uh, kind of like bribery or promises that was made uh, that's not really the norm out of the collective bargain agreement and recruiting. I don't know if it was particularly her, if it was somebody else, but I know that she brought all this stuff to the light and got exposed, so the WNBA pretty much slapped the wrist of the defending champions, the Vegas A, say, Becky, you're sitting down two games and we're ripping y'all a 2025 first round pick. Now, I will tell you this right now. There had to be some harsh things said or some horrible treatments for a young lady that's going through or trying to give birth to a child or carrying a child to make her feel a certain way. And there had to be some bad practice to get ripped a first round pick. Okay, I don't care what sport you're in. Okay, if you lose a first-round pick, you're 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 really guilty of some serious doings in any particular sport. Um, so that's what Becky's dealing with now. Back to her comments about I'm not going to beg or I'm not going to beg for an NBA job and this and this and I'm not going to take time talking to these women to go talk to these boys. Look, I kind of feel Becky to a certain extent because it comes down to like what else do I have to do? You know, she's interviewed with uh, the Raptors. Uh, before I even think, uh, not before, but she interviewed the Raptors. She's interviewed with Portland, and what was the? What, didn't she interview with the Pacers too? There's like one more. There's there's Portland, um, Toronto. As but there's two other teams in the NBA that she's already. I'm gonna say I want to say it was the Pacers. I want to say it was the Pacers, and it was um the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Now. I understand where she's getting from the frustration, especially how long she sat on an assistant uh, with the Spurs. I thought most people thought she was the person that was going to take over down here. Now, with that said, Becky can say what she wants. I know they picked up Candace Parker in the offseason. They're the betting favorites to go, excuse me, back to back again in the WNBA. But if a franchise seriously offers her a job in the NBA, she's going. She's going. I mean, I, I think I think the whole WNBA thing, for one, she was a former player in the league. Two, that's a franchise formerly known as the Silver Stars that she played for, that are now currently the Vegas Knights. I mean, not the Vegas Knights, hockey mode. The Vegas Aces. So there were, there were circumstances that made that job attractive. And also, I think part of the taking the job is saying, say, okay, let me show you. Even though this is the women's game, let me show you that I can lead and win games and win a championship with male or female. So... To me, Beck, I can understand why she has to say that because she has a team that she's getting ready. I mean, the WNBA season's about to start and she has a team that she's trying to get ready to go defend the title. So I can see why she's talking to, hey, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not kissing ass. I'm not doing begging for an NBA job. But if they come calling and it's a serious offer and without a doubt, they want Becky to coach their team. Speaking of the NBA. There's nothing Mark Davis can do. And there's nothing to vague, She's going to go. She should go because it's an historical move. She can say that she was the first and she could really, really kick down the doors for future women that are capable of coaching a men's team. Now, I've always said I think Becky's best opportunity to be successful at doing this was down here in San Antonio. It's the perfect market. It was the perfect structure. She kind of came up around here in this organization. The situation, it was perfect. I don't know if Becky could go coach and survive in New York, the Knicks. I don't know if she could go to, and I'm not saying these jobs are available. I'm just giving you examples. I don't know if she can go to a Boston. I don't know if she can go to Chicago. I don't know if she can go to other teams and other organizations and have as much success I thought she would here if she would have started the opportunity here. And who knows? That could still be in the cards whenever pop decides to go down maybe that was the plan of 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 her going to the vegas aces now unlike no ties to milwaukee and pop just call up like hey man i'm gonna tell y'all who to fire it's a lot more believable that pop could sit there and say hey because they were the silver star can say look go to the vegas aces get your run no need to sit here in the and let me see this thing when this time to come you'll take it i can believe that i'm not saying that's going to happen but i can believe it but yeah so there you are so first round pick 2025 and two games that she'll serve a suspension on so moving on uh from the basketball talk uh let's talk nfl as we're wrapping up these short mini camps a lot of things being said you know out of these mini camps i know frank wright is saying hey Young had control for these three days of camp. All these guys, he's in, he's grasping what we're doing. He's, lead, he was in control of the field. Now, me following Young's career since he showed up to Tuscaloosa, that's not shocking to me. That's not, that's not a surprise to me. But what I will say is let which I think it'll be successful, but let's see how those vets follow him when camp starts and the veterans show up. It's one thing being the number one overall pick and a bunch of other guys that were taking third round, second round, fourth, fifth round, and they're showing up this many. Of course they're going to lead. You were the number one overall pick. But I do believe Bryce Young, and this is what set him separate in my eyes from the class that came out is because I do believe he's ready. I do believe that he can lead. And the one thing Bryce has over everybody in this draft right now, not saying they can't catch him. Not saying they can't pull a sale and pass Keldon, but he is mentally prepared to absorb what Frank Wright is trying to do and basically to absorb and navigate around the NFL game and the speed of the game and that. Now, he still has to get used to it. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to get hit hard. It's going to be, oh, there he goes his size, which it's funny to me. You know, I would think it hasn't been, and I'm old enough, and I can remember the NFL wasn't covered like it is now 24-7 social media. But I would have to go back to Doug Flutie, the last time I've seen cameras. And every time they show Bryce Young, they show him next to the offensive line behind. I haven't seen anybody get this much camera since Doug Flutie this side. It's like, man, the guy's been the same size all his life. Props to Frank Wright, though, because I saw said so they had him on the center. I mean, you would think a guy like Bryce, oh, he's small. He can't see over the line. We're going to put him in shotgun. No, he needs to be under center some. But Frank Wright said he had control of this camp. Also. A couple of updates coming in. Domica Sue. A.K.A. Donkey Kong Sue. Now how does that sound. If Jonas says that. I don't know. But I said it. I mean people say you know. They're, they're, donkey Kong Sue. Can't call another grown man. Black man donkey. No you really can't. You're not supposed to. What's that old saying says? Don't do as you hear me or do action action. But anyway, he says, I don't want any part of anybody's training camp. He didn't say he was retiring. He didn't say he didn't want to play. He said that he didn't want any part of anybody's training camp. Do we think that's fair? And I think, I, and, I, and me personally, I think that's fair as well, too. Because I will tell you, the one guy who started this, and there's very few that has really gotten away doing this. I know, if I'm not mistaken, I think Aaron Donald last year probably didn't participate too much in camp, um, which he shouldn't have to. But the man that really started this, that really put this out on for, uh, you know front street and said, "Hey, look, man, I, I, look, I'm in my 16th, 15th. I'm not." That was the guy that's on Good Morning America. The guy with the gap teeth, Michael Strahan. I remember, and you got to think, he had Tom Coughlin that was a stickler for the rules. Tom didn't even believe, and he just said, hey, if you want me, you want me to continue to play and I'm going to show up, I don't want to go through camp. I do believe that there's certain guys that, especially if they're franchise type of guys, and I would say, I don't think this should be the case for quarterbacks. that You can't do this as a quarterback, in my opinion. But if you are a pass rusher, Or you are a dominant left tackle, right tackle. And you just feel like you're in your, I don't know, 13th, 15th, 14th year. And you don't really want to go through the grind of camp. And especially if you've been with a franchise. And I'm not saying Domicus has because we know he's bounced around. But if you particularly are in this situation and you're a guy that's been with a franchise for a long time. I I don't have a problem with it. But you got to earn that. But I, but you, it has to be those positions. I don't think you can, you you, you can't be a quarterback, and I don't care what yearly you you can't be a quarterback and not want to go to camp. It throw everything off. But I think guys like pass rushers, tackles, and right tackles, I think it's fair because it's very rare that guys have earned the right to do that. Now I think with Sue, he's still a free agent, right? He's still out there, correct? yeah he he just uh won won the
2: title with the Eagles this last year you know they brought him in toward uh ready getting ready for their playoff push and you know when you look at a guy who's just signing one year contracts at this point to come in and fill that kind of role um you know do you really need to go to camp
1: well look it's one thing this is the way I see it um it's one thing to say that, you know, being established on a team and being part of an organization for a while. That's one thing. It's another thing saying that and technically being a free agent, but you still want to get signed and play. I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, Dhamma Sue is going to, most likely, walk into a system when everybody, somebody's ready to sign them. Somebody gets hurt in camp, doesn't get signed in maybe week one to say I don't know, but regardless, you're going to be walking in a system or a situation where you're probably going to be learning a new system. Now, Dama Katsu has been in the league long enough, and he's a veteran in his position. He can pick up, you know, any type of defensive system. He clogged in the middle, going through. I get that, but I feel that it's one of those situations to where when you say that. Do you turn off teams and be like, well, man, this dude, because it's a thin line. That's why I say it depends on the organization. Like if you've been with that, like Michael Strahan, when he did this, he'd been with the Giants for like already like I think he was like in his 13th or 14th year or something like that. Okay. And that's different. But I think when you are a free agent and you're not on a team, if I'm a GM, I hear that like, do you even feel like playing football anymore? Do do you even have the hunger and the desire to play this? If the first thing you want to scream to the rooftop, I don't want to go through anybody's camp. Part of me feels okay. Are you just hanging on to get that get that a couple more of those direct positives? You know, maybe if you can play with a contender, maybe because he won. Uh, he won a ring with Tampa, didn't he? Yeah, one with
2: Tampa. He won one with the Philadelphia. Or you know, no. sorry, he didn't win with one with Philadelphia um but it, they they brought him in getting ready for their for their their push yeah you know and that's where I kind of look at a guy like him and, and obj tried to do this this last year he's just like oh, well I, I'm ready for the playoffs so bring me in here to see what I can do bring you as a weapon he did it successfully in la too um again you know but when you have a player. Especially, I I don't know so much about on the offensive line, but definitely if you're just a front four kind of guy. And a lot of it's just communication. A lot of it's just physicality. Mm -hmm. And I need you to shoot this gap. Here's what you need to do. Take up this space. And we know that he's 36 years old at that size. It's tough to make it through a season healthy. And I I think he's just kind of letting teams know now, like, hey, look, I'm not going to be there at camp. Don't sign me now. I mean, you could sign me. You could pay me if you want to. He's got off the off the field. I, I follow I follow him on Twitter and everything. Like that. it's cool to see where he what he's done with his money and where he's put. He's an entrepreneur now, right? And so he doesn't necessarily need the NFL contract. The passion's still there, right? But to put his body through that kind of a grind at 36 years old and knowing that hey, look, somebody my size probably doesn't make it through at this age. Doesn't make it through a regular season. So he's just kind of letting teams know, well, I'm available, but I'm not coming to camp. Well,
1: I will say Pick this. Pick me up in week eight. You know, I've heard about his business savvy before. I don't know what all businesses he's invested or what he's what groups he's involved in, but you're not the first person I've you know, heard say that. But now that you – and I wasn't even thinking about that point of uh, factor into this whole equation here. But that's even more to sit there and say, you, you maybe might just want to retire, buddy. I mean, that's that that's the reason why I wanted to be specific in laying out the stray hand situation and being the top instead of a guy that's sitting around because part of me is I always stay consistent with it, is that if you're talking about you don't want look, who wants to go to camp? I mean, especially if you're over a decade, who wants but if you're already thinking like dreading to go to camp and you've had some time on football, then you're probably closer to retirement than not. Yeah, but you I mean, still feel a need for teams out there.
2: Like I said, he's, he's at this point with just he's a mercenary get
1: a title push you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's get a dose we are broadcasting here from the hazel sky online studios calvin casey jonas clark produces a bit of the one and twos we'll be back
0: when life sounds too much like this It's time to consider more of this Sometimes a little
2: shift is all you need
0: A dose of perspective Dos X Lager Get a dose Enjoy Dos X responsibly Copyright 2021 Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas White Plains, New York